0: River Florida and the different parts of Florida to get shuck up because I will be speaking in Crystal River Florida this coming Monday night. I'll be there Monday night. I'll have to leave on Friday but I'll also have somebody else with me there speaking and they can speak on Friday night plus the satellite can be showing on Friday night also. So I'll be there on Monday and we'll have a week's meeting in Crystal River Florida. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Crystal River, Florida is a social world where no Pentecostal church has ever made it. I mean, the oldest Pentecostal church there, I went to church on Sunday morning there some time ago and they had 37 people, including me. Been there about 30 years and they're the only ones that ever made it, ever survived, there's the only one in town. All the rest of them had already closed up but now there's a church there in the auditorium I built and Brother Shirley is the pastor and he's got a good church going there and uh, we have teaching seminars there and meetings during the year at different times. We let different people go there and hold meetings. But the Lord sent me there supernaturally 10 years ago and told me to start a mission and work out of there to buy that piece of property. I started fishing that day and he says don't go fishing today, buy a piece of property for me. I said, is that right? You mean, don't go fishing and spend money for you. That's right. So I did that. Cost me, I didn't go fishing that day and it cost me $90,000. Yeah, $90,000 because I didn't go fishing that day. And I obeyed God and we, I obeyed Him some, I obeyed Him for several years like most human beings do, you know, while you're on fire something's new you obeying. So I obeyed God for several years and we won souls out of there doing mission work in just a small feeding, a small motel feeding the workers and send them out in cars two by two at different sections of the houses and we'd work this and go over and work another section and go over and work another section had maps and all planned out you know. And Sometimes we'd have thirty days soul winning meetings. And I think I paid ten dollars down on the piece of property that I bought, $10, I mean, $10,000 down the piece of property that I bought, and the guy that owned it financed it for me for 10 years. And last year we made the last payment on it, but the problem of it is, every time I go down there, this contractor that's been building some for me in Crystal River, Florida, and other people, but especially him, he says, Norval, i got friends that wants to buy this place and they'll give you over a million dollars for it. Will you sell it? And I said, What do I want with a million dollars? I can win souls at this place. <laughs> the only thing you can do the million dollars is buy a few T bones. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I said, That's not for sale now. Let's just like God, though. He moves up on you and tells you to do something for Him, and you do it and spend $10,000 to pay down on it. And then 10 years later, it's worth over a million. That's the way God does business. And if I, what if I hadn't obeyed Him? I just missed a million dollars, that's all. That's the way it goes. When you don't obey God, you miss a lot. When you don't obey God in the realm of faith, when disease comes to you, you miss your life because the devil will take it away from you. Every time a disease comes to you, you say no to it. No! I won't receive this. I won't have it in Jesus' name. No! I won't accept this pain. No. No, I won't accept it. I want to accept it. The, word is, the greatest word you ever said in your life to the devil or anything that's wrong in your life is two little letters. NO! The greatest words you ever said to the devil in temptation is NO! I won't do that. What? Whatever he's trying to get you to do. And he'll try to get you to do a lot of things that will destroy you. But you say no to the devil. You have to learn to say no to the devil. And the devil disguises himself in the form one of, one, of the, one of the devil's great disguises is the form of disease. You understand that? There's only two, God and the devil. God does not give you any disease himself because he don't have any to give you. However, you cannot tithe not give God any of your money and talk about people, especially somebody that's an of God, or make fun of the Holy Spirit and things like that and you can cause a curse to come up on you and diseases will come and take you over. The curses of the world will come and take you over. The reason that you have afflictions is because there's poison in your pot. There's no faith there. You left the door of faith open because and it causes, it causes the devil to come in and mess you up. The devil is poison my brother and sister and he'll poison your life. He'll poison your mind and he'll poison your body. Deadly diseases are poison. When they get on the inside of you they will kill you unless you get them out. But anybody in the world can be healed. It's the easiest thing in the world to be healed just like the fellow I prayed for. The doctor said, you have terminal cancer. Well, you don't have to die, sir. That's a lie from hell. All you have to do is just watch me for the next few minutes and listen and you can learn exactly what to do. You don't have to die, but you'll have to do it. Cancer, I take authority over you. You will never kill me. You belong to the devil, Cancer. You don't belong to God. Jesus don't have any cancer. He didn't give this to me. Devil, you gave it to me. But now my body belongs to God. And I'm not going to receive what the devil gives me. I'm not supposed to receive anything from the devil. I'm born again filled with God's Spirit and my body belongs to God and the devil has no right to destroy my body with anything. Now Cancer, you listen to me. I take authority over you in Jesus' name and I command you, Go from me! I will not receive you. You cannot stay in my body. My body belongs to God, I said. The Holy Spirit's in my body. And the Holy Spirit is healing me right now in Jesus' name. Cancer, I command you, go from me. Get out of my body in Jesus' name. I am free from you, Cancer. You can't kill me. I know that you'd like to, but you can't. I stop you dead in your tracks in Jesus' name. I come against you in Jesus' name, and I command you, Cancer, stop in Jesus' name. Stop spreading in my body. Stop working in my body. Cancer, I'm talking to you in Jesus' name. I said, stop, I said. You have no right to my body. My body belongs to God, and the Lord Jesus Christ is healing me now. In Jesus' name, the power of the Holy Spirit is healing me now. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and he's a person and He does whatever I claim. And I claim the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The God's healing power is healing me now. God's healing power is surging through me. By faith it's driving out every symptom of cancer in Jesus name. No no symptom of cancer can stay inside of me. My body belongs to God in Jesus name. I claim the Holy Spirit is driving out every symptom of cancer. Cancer, you'll never kill me. Do you understand me in Jesus' name? I curse you, and I command you, die, and get out of my body in Jesus' name. Go, I said, in Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus Christ is healing me. His healing power is free. It's already been paid for by the straps, straps, that's put on Jesus' back. The price has been paid. I don't have to pay the price. The price has already been paid, you thief, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. I am healed in Jesus' name. I call myself healed. Your natural mind say, but you still have cancer. I have a right to call those things and be not as though they were. Yeah. <laughs> now, mister, I know you've flown here from Wisconsin to be healed. Now, let me be honest with you. Unless you come to a place that you'll do just what I did right then, you'll die. Do you understand me? If you will come to a place that you will do yourself and mean it, just like I did right then, you won't die. That cancer will totally disappear. It's been cursed tonight in Jesus' name. It can't live in your body. Unless you accept it. When you walk out of this building tonight and say, Thank God I'm free. No cancer will ever kill me. Well, I don't feel, I kind of feel kind of weak. Your feelings is a lie. Always remember that. Your feelings is a lie. Always remember that. Your feelings is in the natural world. But when you claim things in Jesus' name, you're not dealing in the natural world, you're dealing in heaven. Glory to God forever. You're dealing in the heaven world. You're not, dealing, you're, not, you're, not, you're not dealing from the natural. You're dealing, in, you're dealing in, in the spirit world. Well, is that the way it goes? <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. You have to show God your faith. And you have to show him your faith all the time if you don't expect to live long. How long do I have to do that? <laughs> all depends on how long you want to live. <laughs> and because cancer now has come to visit you and claim your life and he's laid his cold, climby, death hands upon your flesh, and he means to destroy it, if you ever stop doing it, it'll take you back over again. You understand that? So do it all the time. Just do it all the time. Cancer you, and the Holy Spirit will heal you, and he will drive out all the cancer. I have a book back there entitled Seven Ways That Jesus Heals People. That's just one of them, what I told him. That's the best way. What you saw me claim here and what I just told him, that's the number one way for you to be healed. There is other ways that you can be healed, but that's the number one way. Nobody except you and God in Jesus' name and the Holy Ghost and the Bible. Get your own healing in your own house if you would do it that way. But sometimes if you can't do it that way, you got to have some help. There's other ways besides that that you can be healed, my brother and sister. You can call the elders of this church and get them to bring some oil and anoint you with oil and pray the power of faith and you can be healed that way. Jesus said the last words he said on earth before he went back to heaven. He says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the reason I wrote that book, Seven Ways That Jesus Heals. He's hoping that you'll stumble up on one of them and believe it. That's the reason we're going to have these meetings. Do you see that mass of people that was here last night that flown in from all over the country to be healed? Put them out of town. Now, cameras, if you want to do it one more time, just so the people can see it, the TV audience can see it. Now, everybody tonight is here from out of town that came to get some help from God. I want you to hold up your right hand. All right, just notice that yourself. You see these people here? All right just come from all over. And right here's letters. Right here's one. Here's a letter from Indiana. I used to live in Indianapolis. And Notice this one. Emergency need. Attention Norval Hayes. Life and death situation. Attention Norval Hayes. I am pregnant and I had an ultrasound of my doctors on Monday, February the 10th, 1986. He found a huge tumor in my uterus next to the baby. I was sent to Indianapolis, Indiana on Wednesday to the Indiana University Medical Center. And they did further ultrasound testing. And the tumor will cause the baby to be deformed if it, even if it survives. But the doctor felt that the baby would have to be taken, (laughs) you know, before it's time. And they want to pray and get a miracle from God, and on and on and on. Blood supply and everything all down the line. And they want to be prayed for tonight. And now look here. You know how the Lord will heal them? Now listen here. I want to be prayed for tonight. Please, now listen to this closely. Now this is what will get you, this is what will get you manifestations from heaven. Please pray for me by laying on of your hands so Jesus will heal me. Thank you very much Tom and Cassie Sheffield. Where are you at in the audience? Where are they at? Stand up. Come down here, honey. Both of you come down here. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever." They've come all the way from Indianapolis, Indiana to be healed, to receive a miracle from God. Either they get a miracle from God, or if the baby survives, it'll be born deformed, unless they get a miracle from God. There's a tumor on the inside of her that's next to the baby. Now listen closely. read that last part of the letter, that'll be one reason why the Lord will heal her. I want you to pray for me tonight by the laying on of hands so Jesus can heal me by the laying on of hands. Now listen closely and I'll give you scripture for that. The man in the Bible that had a daughter at the point of death, nobody could help her. He came and bowed down before Jesus and said, Jesus, I have a little daughter that's sick at my house at the point of death. Would you please come and lay your hands on her uh, so she can live and she will not die. Brother, you start talking like that to Jesus and He'll come to your house." He said, yes, I will. And he followed, and the daughter died while he was on the way. And Jesus said, they come and told him, don't bother him anymore, your daughter is dead. Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe. Trust me. Don't be afraid, only believe. He got to the house, everybody was crying and making such a do. Jesus said, why are you, why are you all crying and making such a do over this? I mean, now you better listen to me closely, thousands of you. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, don't you know who I am? If you ever forget who Jesus is, you're in trouble. Or if you ever try to water him down into being something that he's not, you're in trouble. And most of the time, it'll cost you your life. But if you'll leave him alone just like he is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, He will operate on you. He is the master of creation. He will create parts in your body if you need it. He's the only master miracle worker that there is. And he can cause that tumor to disappear tonight. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. But if you ever forget who he is, you might as well stay at home go to bed. Because you'll never be able to help anybody. Because he won't change. Regardless of your version of him, he refuses to change. He won't change. He's either a miracle worker or he's not one. But he is one. He makes axe heads to swim, if need be, and that's a miracle. He causes blind eyes to open, if need be, and that's a miracle. He causes the cripples to walk, and that's a miracle, if need be, causes them to walk. He causes gross in your body to disappear, just dissolve and disappear, just I mean with my own naked eyes in my house. I saw my own daughter with 42 growths on her, been on there for five years. And I saw his gentle, sweet presence come. And just and every growth on her body just disappeared. Not only disappeared, but new skin come up on her, all over her hands and arms, brand new skin. Skin split and bleeding, like this bleeding, and new skin went whoosh, like putting a glove on, whoosh, like putting another glove on. I said, but Zona, Zona, honey, your hands was split. The skin was split and bleeding. She says, Daddy, I know it. I know it. Look at my hands. They're shining. Look at my hands. They're beautiful. Look at my hands. Look at my hands. And the skin that came on her was like baby's skin, glowing, shining. And that's the only kind of God he is. And laying on of hands is a doctrine of the church. You don't have to feel anything to get a heal when somebody lays hands on you. I'm not here wanting everybody, everybody that I touch to fall on the floor. I'm not here to put on some kind of a gospel show, and if they don't fall on the floor, make you think I'm not spiritual. That's a trick of the devil that the devil's pulled on the church. You lay hands on somebody in Jesus' name. I could cure less if you fall or don't fall. But sometimes anointing is so strong you will fall. Sometimes anointing is so strong I fall myself. (laughs) I don't ever know when it's coming. Sometimes anointing will go in you and you will fall because your body can't stand it. Blessed be God forever. Like the woman with cancer last night, I had had my arm around her. She had her arm around me that you saw in the film. And after we made five or six trips across the aisle like this, God began to shake her, her whole body. And she was dying with cancer. And her whole body began to shake and shake under my arm and shake and shake and shake under my arm. Well, see, the anointing that was on me began to go into her because anointings are transferred, my brother and sister and they flow from one person to another person. Elisha said to Elijah, I want a double portion of the anointing that you've got. He said, you've asked a big, big thing, but nevertheless, if you're here when I go, and that means stick close to me, you can get it. Well, always remember that. I teach that at my Bible school sometimes, about the anointing that flowed from Elisha to Elisha, and what Elijah said to him. Elijah said, if you're here and see me go, in other words, and you stick real close to me, you'll get it. And I always remember this, church. You always pick up whatever kind of anointing your friends have. And you always pick up and have to live with the kind of anointing that the church you have, the church you go to. If you feel around that bunch long, you'll have the same anointing they got. If you don't like the only they got when you first go there don't ever go back for God's sake don't ever go back because you'll get just if you go there and accept their ministry you'll get just like them and if they don't have victory I got news for you you don't want to be like them God wants you to have victory he wants you to have victory and that's what one of the most important thing in the world to you is lots of friends that you run with Because you'll pick up the kind of spirit they got. That's the reason it's very important for you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and believe every word you read because you pick up the kind of spirit Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John has, which is victory. Amen. That's the reason you must have in Jesus' name. Notice me last night, here with that case, it's desperate. Was, there was no hope for her. Her father and three men, three or four men, borrowed the money for her to come here. Because there's no hope for her. She's like 33 years old and dying with cancer with a tube in her nose. Well, the devil is a liar. Amen. That's when I kept thanking the Lord for healing her. I kept thanking the Lord for healing her. Did you know that you sat in a chair and just sat there long enough and just thank God for healing you? Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. And just sit there for days and do it. And did you know that God will come to your house and heal you? <laughs> Well, he will. But since laying on of hands is so important to God because the last words that Jesus said in the book of Mark before he we went to heaven, he said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And, and, and the body of Jesus went whoosh. And all of a sudden, two men appeared in white apparel and said to the people, what do you stand here gazing for up to him? (laughs) We're here to tell you that every word he said is true and will come to pass and be exactly like he said. He'll return just like he said he would. And remember the last words he said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And that's exactly what he means. He made laying on of hands a doctrine of the church. And brother, when her letter said, tonight I want you to pray for me in Jesus' name and so the Lord can heal me, I want you to lay hands on me in Jesus' name so I can be healed. Glory to God. That sounds like somebody in the Bible talking. Sounds like Paul's sister. Glory to God forever. <laughs> you say you thank the Lord will heal? No, I don't thank nothing. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Always remember this. In God there is no thanking. You either know or you don't know. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's no wondering in God. You either know or you don't know. And if you don't know. Then you can contact my office and register and come to Bible school and we'll learn you how to know. I mean, we'll teach you how to know, you learn yourself. I hate the devil. I love little babies. Glory to God. That makes me mad to even think about it. I hate the devil. Nothing sweeter in the world except Jesus, except the little baby. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Candy, you believe that? Well, Come over here and put your hand on her stomach with me. We're going to curse this dumb growth. In Jesus' name. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The Bible said, if two or more touching anything, asking, it, it shall be done. We touch our precious sister that's got faith in Jesus' name, and we touch her stomach, and we curse the roots of that growth that's on the inside of her next to that baby, and I command the growth of it, and we'll agree that the growth will die, the roots of it will die, and it'll disappear in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for doing it for her in Jesus' blessed holy name. We agree in Jesus' name for the miracle work and power of God to flow through her stomach and remove that growth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for doing it for her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what do you say?
1: Thank you, Jesus, for healing me.
0: I knew this woman didn't read the Bible. <laughs> and don't, get, don't, don't forget to confess exactly That's what right. you want. That's
1: right.
0: My baby will never be deformed, Satan. In Jesus'
1: name, my baby right. will never be deformed. Thank you, Jesus.
0: Thank you, Jesus, for healing me.
1: Thank you, Jesus, for healing me.
0: Glory to God.
1: (laughs) Um, I'd like to give you a little one-minute testimony. Look what I got a couple weeks ago for my husband.
0: You got a diamond ring from your husband.
1: Yeah. Uh, during the 62-day seminar. I also got your music in my house now, Candy. (laughs) But during the 62-day seminar, uh, about two years before the seminar started, my husband and I found this real pretty little gold wedding band uh, on sale. It had originally been almost $300, and the store was going out of business. And I wrote out the check, including taxes, for $63, and I've got the check at home to prove it. And last year during the 62 day seminar I gave all the money we had. I just didn't have any more. And do you remember the night when everybody started pulling off their jewelry and giving it, you know? Yes. I didn't. I love that little gold wedding band. It was, just a, it was just plain, but it was pretty and it meant a lot to me. Anyway, I didn't have any more money. And it's all I had. And I said, God, it's, it's all I've got. But, you know, you can have it. I gave it cheerfully and willingly. And I didn't even really ask for anything in return. And here we are just a couple weeks ago. Uh, my husband just Surprised me with this and the certified value of it is 6,300 which is a hundred times 63 oh, <laughs> <laughs> and he just walked in and gave it to me Lord I thank God I, <laughs> I, go, ah! I said I, I gotta wear this down in the seminar this came from this church practically you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: she gave 63 dollars in the revival to help the Lord and God gave her a hundred times that much back. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No wonder No wonder the devil hates you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Blessed be What part of Indiana you live in?
1: Well, actually, it's a little bit south of uh, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, about 30 miles south. It's called Columbus, Indiana. Oh, yeah. But if, you say, if you say Indianapolis, people know where you're at better than Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> but we watch you on the satellite seminar, and we've got our order in for one of these and oh, <laughs> for our have? home. Uh-huh. Oh, amen. And uh, I just want to tell you, there's a lot of people in Indiana that are watching tonight sound like churches and home dishes, and we praise God for this church.
0: I'm going to come to Indianapolis before long and put on a camp meeting.
1: All right, brother Lester, also we love him too. Oh yeah,
0: (laughs) Uh, Lester, you—he's something else. (laughs) Blessed be the name of the Lord.
1: Thank you for your ministry.
0: Well, I can see that you're pleased tonight. (laughs) Yes, sir. Is God forever? (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Now the whole church, stretch your hands out here to this couple and say, "Thank you, Lord." Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for giving him a precious baby. Yes. Thank, you.
1: thank you Jesus.
0: <laughs> Completely normal. Yes. Yes. The, devil the devil is a liar. She is healed. She is healed. In, Jesus name. In Jesus' name. Now shout. I. I. And I will forget one night I was here several years ago and a, a fellow had had a set of my tapes and he worked beside of a Church of Christ man on his job. And the Church of Christ man had a little deformed girl that could never walk about this high. And the Lord said to this man, give that fellow that set of tapes by Norval Hayes. He said, Oh, God, no. He said, God, He's my friend. He's Church of Christ. He's not ready for Norval Hayes. He don't even believe in healing. He don't even believe in pianos, much less healing. He's not ready for a set of tapes like that. And he says, the Lord said, Lord I said, give it to him. And you know, he wouldn't give it to him. He was afraid he'd lose his friendship. And he worked with him every day. And so, the Lord kept dealing with him and said, I said, give it to him. So he gave it to one of his friends and said, you give it to him. <laughs> Don't tell him it come from me, just give it to him. So the Church of Christ man, he got to listening to those tapes of mine. And when he did, he kept listening to them. And one day he told his wife, he said, honey, you, you know, this fellow on these tapes, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he said, y- you know, if he ever comes to town, I'm going to try to get him to pray for our daughter. I mean, he really believes that Jesus heals people. He said, I'm, I'm going to take our daughter. If he ever comes to town, I'm going to try to find out. Because I never heard anybody talk like him before. He actually believes that the Lord would heal our daughter. He says, and I'm going to the, I'm gonna take her to see him. Because the doctor says she'll never walk. And so I was holding a meeting here, and he found out over television through Bob's program, I think that I was going to be here. He said, that's that fella. That's that fella. They always remember me because I have a funny first name. I used to work at the New England station all the time. First name is Norval. You know where my daddy got that? I wondered to myself, where would you get that name at? <laughs> I said, Daddy, where would you get that name at? He said, well son, he said, you know I was in the First World War and, and, and God was so good to me and I was, I was overseas in Germany over in there for four years and I fought as an infantryman in the army all the way through the First World War, I saw bullets cut down grass beside of me on the battlefield. And my buddies die for four years. And I was in the battle when they broke the Hindenburg Line, right in the middle of it. And nothing did ever touch me. And I met a man, that his first name was Norval. He said, and I, th- he said, I really thought a lot of him. And I thought, well if I, he says, when I get home and get out of this, if I ever get married and have a son, I'm gonna, name his, I'm gonna name his name Norval. I said, well, Daddy, you had a son. I said, Glenn was older than me. <laughs> he said, well, I just had to name him that, you know, and, I wanted to name, and you just got, you got stuck with it. <laughs> he said, I remember that guy, there's that guy with that funny name. Those New Englanders all the time, they used to tell, I used to go up there all the time and when I wouldn't go, they'd always ask, when I, where's, where's that tall fellow from Tennessee with the funny first name? They remembered me by my funny first name. I said, oh brother. And there's the guy here at Church of Christ, he says, there's that guy, that guy, I remember that name. I remember that name, he's going to be at that church. What church? That funny church. <laughs> you know, that television church, that television church where they, where they believe all kinds of stuff, that television church. So him and his wife came and brought the little girl and they brought her up on the platform and I took her little feet, her little warped feet, never could walk in my hands. Well, I had her hands in my feet. God took a hold of my fingers and it felt like vices in my fingers like this. And I thought to myself while I was praying for her, oh my God, what's the Lord doing? He got in my fingers and it felt like, I, my fingers felt like an iron vice around her feet. And so, uh, when I got through praying, I said, well, just put her down. He put her down and she walked off. Walked down through here. (laughs) There's some people out in this audience just like tonight sitting there and watching that. And they they had a child up in the hospital here in Dallas that was going to be cut open and have a kidney removed a twelve-year-old boy, I believe it was. And they said, well, dear God, if God molds crooked feet, why wouldn't He give our son a new kidney? They go to the hospital, which is called Faith, get him out of the hospital, bring him to the meeting. I laid hands on him and asked the Lord for a new kidney. I never did feel a thing, nothing. Get that straight. I never did feel a thing. He didn't feel anything as far as I know. Nobody felt anything. Just as cold and dead a prayer as you ever heard in your life except the words. But you lay hands on him in Jesus name and you claim the special miracle. The next morning, you know, you're supposed to have a baby examined again before they cut him open, before they operate on him. So the doctor x-rayed him, came back in their mother and father, he says, there's something happened to your son. Right here is one x-ray. It shows one good kidney and one bad kidney. You see this bad kidney right here? It is so bad, it's terrible. It has to be taken out. I mean, or to kill him. And that was, you know, three or four days ago. And this one we took this morning. Look at this x-ray right here. Both kidneys are exactly the same and both of them look brand new. Now get this straight. When I laid laid hands upon Him, I didn't feel a thing. Don't ever judge God by what you feel or what you don't feel. Don't ever judge God by what you see or what you don't see. I may lay hands on a crippled man. In Jesus name, I might not feel a thing. Two weeks from Tuesday, he may be down at the parking lot, at the shopping center, at the grocery store and he's been thanking the Lord for healing him ever since I told him to, just thanking the Lord. And all of a sudden God's power hits him and he jumps straight up out of the wheelchair and runs around the supermarket. Yeah. And always remember this, if you'll show God your faith, if you'll show God your thanksgiving, and you never stop and start leaning towards the symptoms, if you ever Keep giving the symptoms you're teaching, you'll die. You want God to heal you? You have to bypass the symptoms. With a voice of victory. A voice of victory is the voice of faith. You don't lean to your own understanding. You lean to God's Word and believe what He says. And learn to call those things that be not as though they were. And if hands are laid upon you tonight, if you'll start, the moment I touch you, I don't want you to take a Bible course, and try to memorize some long prayer. The moment I touch you, I want you to say, thank you, Jesus, for healing me. And don't ever say, you don't have to say anything else. Just thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Just like it's a broken record. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Just like I did for 40 days and 40 nights. Thank you, Lord, for moving the gross from my daughter's body. Those growths cannot stay on my daughter's body, because she belongs to me, she lives in my house, and I said, they cannot sell me. Thank you, Lord, for taking the gross off of my daughter's body. Thank you, Lord, for removing the gross from my daughter's body. About two weeks went by, and my daughter wasn't too hot on faith in those days. She was a little high school girl. After about two weeks went by, she stopped me in the hallway one day, and she said, Daddy, Daddy, uh, uh, Daddy, uh, you know, uh, you're about to drive me nuts. All you say thousands and thousands of times all the time. You say the same thing all the time. You say the same thing all the time. You say the same thing all the time. And see daddy? The gross is still on here. See? 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 See, daddy? It's still on there. See? I looked at him and I said, thank you Lord for removing the gross from my daughter's body. in the hallway one day. I never will forget it. When I said that she says, Oh brother, thank you. She says, Daddy, you're something else. I mean, I would go in my room and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the longer I went, the longer God took, the more joy I got. And I finally got to the point after about a month, I would sing my thanksgiving. Go in my room. Thank you, Lord, for removing the gross from my daughter's body. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for removing the gross from my daughter's body. You ought to sing a cancer song tonight. you Jesus for removing the gross from my daughter's body. Oh thank you Jesus. Then I'd hear a voice in my daughter's room saying, my daddy has flipped out. <laughs> I'd sang Faith and she would sing Wondering. She can get God to do things for her now herself, but in those days, that's one thing she didn't get that healing through her faith. <laughs> I got to the point I just sang it. I just sang my faith out. The joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> sing it out. If you believe, this, sing out your heal. Bless God forever. When I lay hands on you in J- Jesus' name tonight, don't you dare walk back and say, I didn't really anything. I didn't get anything. If you're here with your mate, or here you with somebody, and they say, well I didn't get anything, just tell them then, say well it's okay, don't worry about it, when we get back I'll call the florist and order the flowers. (laughs) Who would you like to have to preach your funeral? What songs would you like to have sung? Would you like to have a dark blue suit or a dark gray one? That's just as sure as you're going to die. Just as sure as there's a God in heaven. If you even act like that you don't trust the Lord Jesus Christ, God will just sit there. He won't release any power to you, and you better know that. He will not release any power to you. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to the book of James. Praise God forevermore. Halaboko sindihiyotokololoka mahanda kololoka haya. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord God forever. Halaboko kololoka haya. Stick your finger in the first chapter of the book of James and then turn to first Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. First Timothy chapter four. The Bible said now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In the latter times the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Hope to God, that's not you. If you ever depart from faith, you've departed from life itself. Oh really? Notice the first chapter of the book of James. Let's start reading from the first verse. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, my brethren, can it all joy when you fall into divers temptation? knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh patience but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of god that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given unto him but let not but let him not let but let him ask in faith but let him ask in faith nothing wavering For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You understand that? I can't afford tonight because your life is at stake. I can't afford tonight to let you even think that you're going to be healed. If you walk out of this building wondering about the Lord Jesus Christ, I can't afford to let you think you're going to be healed because you're not going to be healed. Get that straight, you're not going to be healed. God wants you to show Him your faith. The Bible says, the New Testament says all the way through it, God watches your faith. He watches it. and faith has a voice. I hate to have to tell you, my mother, a precious Southern Baptist woman, at the age of 37, went to her death with cancer with three small children she was probably the strongest christian in our church she prayed and prayed and one centers for God all the time after she died and I grew up and got spirit filled I want to find out why she died Why why didn't God heal her? If God killed her or what, you know? On the third day of praying, I thought, well, I'm just going to pray until I find out the truth. Everybody wants to give you their ideas, but always remember this. If you'll pray until God talks to you, you'll get the truth. On the third day of praying, you ever prayed three days? I didn't get nothing the first two days. Nothing, I said. On the third day of praying, the word of the Lord come unto me, saying, I didn't give your mother cancer. I had nothing to do with it. Nothing. Nothing to do with it. There's no cancer in heaven. I didn't give your mother cancer. There's no cancer in heaven. I live in heaven, son. There's no cancer in heaven. I had nothing to do with that cancer that killed your mother. The devil attacked her flesh with that disease. I said, Lord, you heal people in the Bible. Why didn't you heal her? She belonged to you. He said, Well, the church she went to failed. The church she went to failed. Failed to get people saved? Oh, no. No, 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 no. They preach salvation. They failed to love people? No, 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 no. They loved you. They failed to be kind to you? No, no, no. They, they, they were kind to you. We all love the pastor and we all love the people. They're they sweet people. They failed to teach her about my divine healing power that comes down from heaven to a sick person to heal them. And remember son, people only can believe what they've been taught. Now stop and analyze that. Do you know everything that you believe tonight, you've been taught? Somebody taught it to you. Your father and mother first of all taught you how to walk, taught you how to talk, taught you to pick up this or not pick up this, no that's dangerous, don't do that, or that's okay. No, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. You'll fall. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, no, no. Well, yes, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Your father and mother begin to teach you first. or the people took care of you begin to teach you right from wrong to do something or not do it. And everything you know tonight, sitting there in that seat, somebody taught it to you. But the Lord told me that the church that she went to failed to teach her Concerning his divine healing power that's available for sick people. And he told me, You teach him, son. Well, I said, I will. I will, Lord. I promise you, I'll teach him. I'll teach him about your healing power. I'll teach him it's free for everybody. Said, that's right. Remind him of the 5,000 that walked the hill of God to the top of the mountain and crawled and climbed and clawed their way to the top of the mountain. Remind them, when they did that, and they showed me their faith, I healed every one of them. That's the very reason we're going to hold a meeting here next (laughs) Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night. Because last night, of the several hundred people that came in here, desperate and no hope for them, from all different cities around America, and you've got a chance yourself to get here next Friday night, and next Saturday night, or next Sunday night, it doesn't make any difference. If you have to work on Friday, then come on Saturday and stay Saturday night and Sunday night, or however many nights you can stay. Stay only one night, because you see this is the problem, this is the thing, you have to understand this. What I've been teaching tonight, everybody in the world can get healed. I can stand up here and teach you for three months on the different ways that Jesus heals people, and exactly how you can get it in every one of those ways an author of that book, Seven Ways That Jesus Heals People. To explain to you the different ways that He heals people. Well, why would God put a man like you in charge of a meeting like this, when there's hundreds of thousands of people out there? Well, He could have chosen a lot of other men besides me. But i just pass it on to you. I don't even know why God is so good to me. But the only thing I can tell you, years ago, now, some 15 years ago, in Pennsylvania one night, the Lord said, I want you to pray for a deaf man. I prayed for him and his ears popped open. And the moment I did, people ran to me and the healing power of God was imparted to me from God and it came in my hands. Sometimes I lay my hands on people and the Holy Ghost will say to me, keep your hands on this one. I want to perform surgery and He absolutely operates on them, I mean right then in the church, operates on them. I don't get this from God very often now, this next thing I'm going to tell you but sometimes, once every two or three years, three or four years sometimes twice a year, sometimes maybe even four or five times in one year. I got it in John Osteen's church the other night, first time I'd had it in a long time. But it came on me in John Osteen's church the other Sunday night when I spoke. When the Lord says, tonight I want to perform surgery. And I call all the desperate cases down in front of John Osteen's church and laid my hands up on them and the Holy Ghost operated, performed surgery on every one of them in front of the church. But that is so awesome and so holy that you can't hardly stand it. I'm telling you, you can't hardly stand it. I don't get to see it very often myself. But sometimes I get to see it. But now God don't do that very often. Because the reason He don't is because He's a faith God and He wants to operate. He wants you to believe Him and trust Him by faith. He is a faith God. Do you understand that? That's the reason He wants you to believe Him and trust Him by faith. And then in Carbondale, Illinois, in the backseat of a car some twelve years ago, One night, in the back seat of a car, the Lord gave me the ministry. He allowed my heart to begin to hurt. Kept it that way for about an hour. And said, if you'll give an invitation for bad hearts tonight, I will pump a new heart into their chest. I never heard of such a thing like that in my lifetime. I could not believe that God was saying that to me. I never heard of anything like that in my life. My heart began to hurt in the back seat of a car on the way to speak. I got there, and the place was packed out full of people. Twelve years ago in Carbonell, Illinois. And I I had to walk in the building like this, my heart hurting so bad. And it wouldn't get any release either. He said, when you get up there, if you'll call all the people down with bad hearts, I will pump a new heart into their chest tonight and you can watch me. I said, glory to God. So when I got up there, I walked up to the pulpit like this. I said, people, I must obey God. God told me to tell you, if you have a bad heart or a weak heart, get up out of your seat and come down here right now. And about fifty people, I guess, came down front and God began to slam them the floor and began to give them a new hearts all over the place, everywhere. And after about five minutes, standing there watching them give them new hearts, uh, this, my, my heart was hurting real bad, just like theirs. And the hurting in my heart went, Boo! Like a bird flies over the top of a tree. And I felt like a man 16 years old. Glory to God forevermore. But now wait a minute. That night in Illinois, that particular ministry was imparted unto me. Probably 95% of the people and sometimes every one of them that I pray for, that I lay my hands on that has a bad heart, God will give them a new heart. I've laid my hands on people that had a bad heart that God said don't, I mean the doctor said don't lift anything heavier than a case knife. And lay hands up on them and God give them a new heart and they work eight hours the next day. Jesus is the best surgeon I ever met. You say, well, why does God do that to some people? I have no earthly idea. I have no earthly idea why He did that to me. The only thing I can tell you that He did, and it just happens. That's the reason that we invite people to come in that's desperate. Totally desperate. And come in here next Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, and we'll be doing the same thing. Laying hands on people, ministering to them, and you all to borrow the money to come in here. I'm telling you, you're the bar the money. You've got to get the right kind of atmosphere sometimes to get that to happen. And where it's happening, where it's happening, where the Holy Ghost has that kind of freedom, He'll do it for you. I'm telling you, He'll do it for you. Are you ready? Oh, you are? Well, everybody everybody right now that has a bad heart, or a weak heart, in your chest, hearts only, nothing except hearts, come and stand right here in front of me. Anybody that has a bad heart right now, come and stand right here in front of me. Quickly do it. Quickly. If you have a bad heart out there, get up out of your seat right now. All over the country, come stand in front of the screen. Anywhere in the congregation, come stand in front of the screen. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. No, it. Don't play the piano right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Blessed be His holy name. You can watch this. Now, ushers, 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 stand behind this woman in brown. Stand behind her. Just stand behind her. Thank you, Lord, for giving it to her. That's right. Thank you, Lord, for giving her a new heart. That's right. Thank you, Lord, for hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for giving her a new heart. Thank you, Lord, for giving her a new heart. Thank you, Lord, for giving her a new heart. Thank you, Lord, for giving her a new heart. Thank you, Lord, for giving her a new heart in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everyone of you in the congregation, take your eyes off of me. Don't look at me. You don't get it from me. You get it from God. Close your eyes and say, thank you, Lord, for giving me a new heart. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a new heart. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for giving me a new heart. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Fathers, I pray in Jesus' name, let the anointing of God flow into those people standing in front of the screen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, pastors, if you would, come up front, pastors, and begin to lay your hands in Jesus' name, gently up on everybody's heart, Lay your hands up on them, and the Lord will begin to give them new hearts all over this country. If you're at home watching on television, and you have a bad heart right now. Lay your hands on your own heart, and put po- your other hand out to the television screen. Father, in Jesus' name, give the television audience right now new hearts. In Jesus' name, let it flow through the screen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, hearts only. Nobody except hearts. Now, just follow me quickly. In Jesus' name. Jesus name in Jesus name Jesus name in Jesus in Jesus name thank you Lord for a new heart catch it catch it when i Jesus name thank you Lord for a new heart thank you Lord for special anointing thank you Lord for a new heart in Jesus name thank you Lord for a new heart in Jesus name thank you Lord for a new heart Thank you Lord for a new heart in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth thank you, Lord for a new hearts Thank you Jesus for new hearts in Jesus name thank you Lord for new hearts in these bodies in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ thank you Lord for a new heart for this child in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth thank you Lord for a new heart in Jesus name well, totally you got it Jesus you got it you got it in Jesus name you've got it thank you Lord for a new heart for my sisters new heart for my sisters in Jesus name. A new heart for my sisters. A new heart in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for a new heart in his chest. Thank you, Lord, for a new heart in his chest, in Jesus' name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Go rejoicing and thanking God for a new heart. Go rejoicing thanking the Lord for a new heart. See the fellow back there? That's a white-headed man. Thanking God rejoicing for a new heart in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving it to him. ka basaka mahanda kayola Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You don't take God all day to do anything, you know. Now isn't that a lot better than letting them all go home and four or five of them dying this year? Maybe more of them? Losing their life? Now they can have a new heart, go home rejoicing. Bless God forever for a new heart. (laughs) (laughs) If you could read these things, and they just keep on and keep on and coming in. A lot of these people in the audience and some of them are not but a lot of them are here they're desperate I mean totally desperate dying with cancer dying with blood disease bad hearts everything that you can think of and all these notes that people calls in blessed be the name of the Lord it's hard right to do it all next week if you want to call in testimonies also next week Tell somebody about it. If you say, well I'm... I don't know anybody I can tell. Well call this church and tell them. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you Jesus. Now remember, I want the television audience to understand this and remember, and I want you to remember it also. Now this church agreed last night that anytime we hold these meetings that they would let the out of town guest be their special guest. That spent money and borrowed money, some of them to come a long ways to be healed to get a healing. Well, you come to the right place to get it. (laughs) Sometimes God just chooses, I don't know why He does it, but sometimes God just chooses to impart gifts to a man or gifts to a woman, that's all. I don't know why he did that to me, but he did it 12 years ago, and it's been operating in me ever since. I don't know why he did it to put it in my hands, but it's been in there ever since then, 18 years ago, in Pennsylvania, the healing power of God. He just does it. Sometimes he chooses a person to do it that way, that's all. Mr. Summerall told me one time, he said, Norval, you know the ministry and the anointing that God has given to you to pray for people that has bad hearts. You ought to do that more often than what you do it. You know, Lester believes in doing things all the time 24 hours a day. (laughs) A fellow asked me one time, a pastor asked me one time, he said, you're a good friend of Lester Summerall's, aren't you? And I said, yeah, I've been knowing Lester for quite a number of years. Worked with him quite a bit. He said, let me ask you a question. He says, do you think that Lester Summerall will ever die? He said, how is he going to ever die? He said, he fights devils all the time and screams at devils all the time. They can never get a hold of him. <laughs> How's the spirit of death going to ever kill him? He'll scream at it it off. I said, well, he'll probably go to sleep some night and just slip on into heaven. <laughs> yes, God forever. We know that everybody has to.